Okay, hey guys, my name is Jay. We have an amazing pod uh, lined up for you today. But before we start, I'd just like to request if any any of you would like to support this podcast by some little money, as little as a dollar, yeah, it would be much appreciated. I think there's some sort of um, gender-based bias that comes with um, actually females knowing about um, sports. Yeah, there definitely is. I mean, it's pretty unfortunate. I I think I was saying yesterday, somebody, you know, on Twitter was talking crap about how girls don't know much about football. But, oh, gosh, I think it's just about where you put your attention in life. I paid a lot of attention to football, so I know quite a bit about it, even though I'm a girl, you know. So it's uh, you just keep breaking those barriers. It's all right. Yeah, I, I, I can only, I can honestly say that um, the you have um, I think more football knowledge that than some guys have met. So um, I think those guys are mad wrong, man. Yeah, definitely, I agree. I agree. We keep proving yeah. them wrong. Opportunities like this <laughs> help. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's no problem, man. I think um, I think you're, you're our first guest from the US. I think obviously we've had someone from Canada and the UK. And um, I think we have listeners from over 22 countries, but this is this is exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. I think what you guys are doing is really cool. I love that you talk about all different sports and you have people from different platforms. So um, shout out to you and your podcast for making that happen. That's really cool. Three, two, one. Hey, hey guys. guys. Hi, guys. My name is Callum. Hey, I'm Delmas. This is Pablo. This is Jabil. This is Kevin. Guys, welcome to the Third World Perspective. We are going to give you a Third World Perspective on all kinds of sports. You name them. Beach, NBA, NFL, Beach, F1, football. You name them. All kinds of sports. Yes. Thank you. Ciao. Hey guys, welcome back to the Third World Perspective. Welcome back to another episode, man. This is actually um, one of my favorite segments to do in the Third World Perspective. We are talking about NFL, man. Um, my name is Pablo. I'm actually joined by. Um, I think this. I think she is the second female we've had on the podcast. The first female we've had on the podcast didn't speak much, um, but she's obviously she's a, a Ravens fan. Um, at the moment, I think she is a Baltimore um, native at the moment living in Colorado. We'll find out where exactly in Colorado. L May is on the podcast. Um, you can follow her on Twitter at Girls, uh, let me see, at Girl Talks Ravens. Yeah, that's right. That right. Yeah, 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 Girl Talks Ravens, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but can, yeah, can you just let people know, like, um, what's up, L? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm from Baltimore, raised there most of my life. Uh, and then after I graduated from Towson University, which is uh, in the Baltimore area, I moved out to Colorado and now I just live right outside of Denver. Uh, so, you know, the Broncos are here, but I, I'm a through and through Ravens fan. So not much you can do about that. <laughs> it's not changing. <laughs> Yeah, I was actually wondering, like, how come you didn't go with the Ravens, with the, with the Broncos, because they're just next door? <laughs> I just, you know, my family was Ravens fans, very passionate about the Ravens, so I've become the same way, and I'm just not going to switch up on the team now, plus they're, they're darn good, so it's a good time to be a Ravens fan, in my opinion. Yeah, they are, they are pretty good, man. 
Um, so let's let's dive in, man. Um, obviously, if you guys are new to the third world perspective, um, this this is NFL 101. I think this is our sixth episode. We have done NFL episodes before, but we didn't name them. So this is, I think, our sixth or seventh episode. I forget the math. Um, but obviously, we're going into. I think the second um, pandemic season, um, obviously after the COVID and everything. So obviously the season starts Thursday night um, with Super Bowl 55 champions, Tampa Bay Bucks welcoming the Dallas Cowboys at Raymond James Stadium. That's going to be a belter um, in Tampa. Ella, are you excited for the season? Oh, can't wait for the season. Yeah, it's exciting. It's only two days away. Um, you know, yeah. we get to see the former Super Bowl champions against uh what they call America's team. So we'll see what that's all about. Yeah, man. Obviously, I'm glad to see some of the um, how, the, how the Cowboys actually shape up this season with Doug Prescott um, coming back for them. But one of the topics that have actually have been a concern for most of NFL fans and obviously anyone concerned with NFL is COVID-19 and vaccination. Um, obviously, I think a few a few weeks ago, perhaps a week ago, the NFL and the NFLPA updated its COVID-19 protocols for the season. Uh, it is required of any staff working in close proximity to players to actually be 100% vaccinated. Um, it's not compulsory for players, so there's a little bit of that there. And we've seen some players actually come out against the COVID um, vaccination um, rules. Cole Beasley is a notable one um, in Buffalo. But however, there are some protocols which um, to me it seems like um, they're actually putting some of these players in a corner to perhaps um, force them to take the job. Um, some of the some of the protocols like um, physical distancing rules for unvaccinated players in various areas, including locker rooms, um, training rooms, and meeting rooms. Um, I think I think it's going to be very difficult, man, for actually vaccinated players to actually have a full season this this year. Don't you think, El? Yeah, I do think it's going to be difficult, uh, mainly because if they're not vaccinated and they come in contact with someone who's tested positive. Uh, they have to miss a significant amount of time, which is definitely going to hurt them and could potentially hurt their chemistry with the team if they're if they're missing quality time. And like you said, having to uh, be in a separate part of the locker room and stuff like that, I just think it's going to impact team chemistry a little bit. Um, getting the vaccination, I think, is 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 probably the best solution but you know people have their own opinions on it and they're entitled to it so i think we'll just see how it evolves over the season but i think it's definitely going to have an impact on on a number of teams as we're already seeing guys going on the covid reserve lift list and stuff like that so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out yeah like you just mentioned some teams including there's a protocol that says a team will have to forfeit and be given a loss if a game is cancelled due to covid uh due to a covid 19 outbreak among its unvaccinated players um obviously neither teams will be will be paid um this is different from last season last season um nfl the nfl actually rescheduled games affected by covid outbreaks this this year it seems it will be a little bit a little bit different there'll be a forfeit and teams will actually lose games if the unvaccinated players actually um, bring covid into the facility um it's, it's different man obviously the bucks and the falcons are the only two teams that are 100 percent vaccinated um the calls are dead last at, at 75 percent um we know some of their players have actually had covid issues um Carson Wentz and Darius Leonard being the notable mentions um it's going to be a difficult year man it is going to be difficult. I mean, you know, like you said, with the Colts, they have their quarterback and their star linebacker have both been on uh, 
the COVID list, which is definitely going to negatively impact their team. But I think um, most importantly, you know, the teams that are fully vaccinated or close to fully vaccinated, that just that just helps you throughout the season um, because it is a long season. We're heading into the winter months where people get sick and things like that. So to just have the vaccine, even if somebody uh, does get COVID, if they're vaccinated, they don't have to miss nearly as much time as as the guys who are unvaccinated. So, um, you know, I'm not really sure uh, how it will affect these teams. But like you said, if they have to forfeit um, and take a loss, you know, that that's going to impact their playoff chances and all those sorts of things. So it's really interesting. Um, you know, I feel sorry that we have to be dealing with this, but it's just the way that the world's going right now. So, um, you know, hopefully there aren't too many forfeitures because, you know, everyone wants to watch as much football as possible. And if we're missing games yeah. because of outbreaks, that's going to be a huge bummer. Yeah, and obviously players have to figure out um, the fines as well because it comes with fines, man. It, I think starting at $14,650, I think um, unvaccinated players will be, will be subjected to some fines this year for refusing to wear a mask, for maintaining social distance. I think also attending in um, indoor nightclubs or something with more than 10 people. So there's also there's a little bit of um, sanctions, I think, um, players have to... For me, they, they're trying to put players um, in a corner, trying to force them to take the job. Obviously, I think there's a, lo- there's a little bit of a competitive advantage that comes with actually being vaccinated. Um, I think teams like Bucks are ready right now and they're ready to go with 100% vaccination. I think that's a competitive advantage for them. So um, it will be interesting to see how this shapes up. It will be interesting to see how it happens. But obviously, this is one of the NFL season and... Um, I can't wait for the for the weekend, to be honest. Yeah, I know. Me too. Yeah, there's a lot of really, really awesome games always in week one. Um, you know, they set up a lot of really good matchups. So I think it's going to be interesting. And, um, you know, we'll see. There's already, uh, I can't remember who it is, but one of the offensive linemen, starting offensive linemen for the Cowboys is already out for the game. So, you know, we're already seeing the effects of, of guys going on the COVID reserve list, um, you know, before week one even starts. So. Yeah. Yeah, and one of the most interesting games of week one is the Monday night football matchup between the Ravens and the Raiders. Um, I know you're gassed about this, L. Obviously, um, I think you have a cult-ish following on Twitter um, of uh, Ravens flock, so I think mm-hmm. um, it's going to be a big one. I think I'll be I'll, I'll just wake up to the highlights mm-hmm. on Tuesday morning um, because there's a, there's a nine-hour difference between us. Um, but the Ravens, obviously, there's um, there's a lot of problems with the Ravens at the moment. It's, it can't be said that, obviously, I think um, the preseason record at the moment is 20 and 0. Um, they haven't been beaten in the preseason since, I think, 2015. So, um, obviously, they have won in the preseason, but it hasn't been a clear cut preseason. There's been, there have been some problems. They have lost some players. Um, how do you think the Ravens will do this year? Do you fancy them to actually have um, go on a Super Bowl run? You know, I, I always like to think they can go on a Super Bowl run. Uh, obviously, the the loss of J.K. Dobbins is huge, but we have uh, Gus Edwards, who's a quality running back. He's going to be, you know, more than capable to pick up that role of, of uh, running back one. So, um, yeah, I do think that they have the chance to go on a really good Super Bowl run. I think a lot of it comes down to how our offensive line is going to gel. Uh, there's a couple moving parts there, a couple of new guys on the line, you know, um, Villanueva is the right tackle. He's played left tackle his whole career, and now he's moving over to right tackle. We've got uh, Kevin Zeitler, 
there at right guard. Um, someone who's sort of trying to fill that role of the Marshall Yonda that we missed uh, so much of the past year or so. Um, so, you know, we have a couple new guys. You got Bradley Bozeman moving over to center after playing left guard last year. Um, and then, you know, we're not really sure. Uh, John Harbaugh hasn't said who our new left guard's going to be. So other than Ronnie, Ronnie Stanley at left tackle, I mean, our offensive line is totally new. So I think it really comes down to how they're going to gel, how much time they can give Lamar uh, to see the field and get the ball out. And then if they can open holes for those running backs, you know, because like I said, now we're, at, we're down J.K. Dobbins and um, there's a, a report that Justice Hill tore his Achilles. And so, you know, we've in a matter of a week, we've lost our first running back and our third running back. So there's, there's some moving parts. I think, honestly, it could be a slow start for the team, but um, I don't think that means that they're going to lose week one. I actually think that they're going to play really well. Our defense is going to set us up great. And um, speaking of defense, you know, in that Super Bowl run, I think the defense is, is going to give us the best chance to make a Super Bowl run. I really like where our defense is. So, um, yeah, I think there's a chance, you know, there's going to be a handful of tough games. Uh, I think I have us going, what is it, uh, 13 and 4, something like that. So, um, uh -huh. You know, there's, there's going to be a bunch of tough games. I think there's going to be some closer ones. The Ravens fans are used to seeing the Ravens blow some teams out, but I think this year it might be a little more competitive. So I like yeah. the Super Bowl run, though. Yeah, um, I'll just I'll just like to go back to the running back situation. Obviously, the running back situation at Baltimore is mad. Obviously, it's it's the number one rush team in the NFL. Um, they're known for running the ball. Obviously, um, they tried to get um, a, a wide receiver room going um, with Rashad Bateman and Taylor Wallace. Obviously, Taylor Wallace is still healthy at the moment. Um, Rashad is out. It seems like he'll miss the first few weeks of the of the regular season. Um, it's it's difficult, man. Like you just said, Justin Hill um, with um, that Achilles injury, at be it's um, it's it's a massive loss hit for the Ravens. Obviously, they lost J.K. Dobbins. Um, they they don't have Mark Ingram anymore. Obviously, he's playing in te in in Houston with the Texans. Does 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 it seem like um, it will take a lot of um, weight um, for, for for Gus to actually be able to run the ball effectively? Um, or do you think it'll just like take um, to that role like a fish to water? You know, uh, I think that Gus is ready for the role. He definitely hasn't been uh, the clear-cut number one running back before. Um, and he is very obviously our number one running back this year, especially with JK out. But I do think he's up for it. I think that, um, you know, his whole career, he's, uh, he's averaged about five yards a carry. Um, he runs really tough. Uh, he runs with his shoulders square and, um, you know, I think it's been the past two years, you know, he's splitting carries and he's still getting over 700 yards on the season, which is really good considering that um, he's usually splitting carries with somebody like you said, Mark Ingram or a J.K. Dobbins, somebody like that. And he's still getting five yards of carry. So I think, you know, he's going to tote the rock a lot more than he, he has previously. And um, I do, I think he's going to break a thousand yards this year. Uh, so I think he's definitely, I think he's ready to roll. Yeah, obviously during training camp, I think there are, there are some problems in the wide receiver room as well. Obviously, I think I, Hollywood Brown is back, Marquise is back, um, obviously suffering um, that hamstring injury, I think during the summer. Um, how gassed are you for this wide receiver room? Because we were, I think we were, for, for me, I was gassed a few weeks ago before Rashad was actually um, basically ruled out for the first few weeks. 
Um, at the moment, I'm not so optimistic. I think at the moment we are, we are we'll, we're going to have to look into that tight end room and see um, if we can come up with anything. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I mean, I think all Ravens fans were extremely excited when we uh, drafted Rashad Bateman. I think he's still going to have a pretty big year for us when he gets gets off the IR. But uh, you know, with some hesitancy, I'm excited. You know, I think Watkins, if he can stay healthy, and if Marquise can stay healthy this year. Um, we're going to be set up, you know, pretty well. But to be honest, it's all about the health of those guys, which they've both sort of struggled with a little bit here and there. And obviously this preseason, I mean, like you said, Marquise missed almost the whole uh, preseason uh, training camp and stuff like that with his hamstring injury. But it seems like he's back, ready to roll. Uh, you know, he's got this this week to build some chemistry. But that's why there's a little bit of hesitancy with me for early on in the season I just you know I'm not sure how our offense is going to gel because we had uh, Lamar out initially with COVID and then um, Marquise was out and now Rashad's been out and um, Sammy's been out so we're trying to get that passing game going but to be honest I think it might take a little bit so we are going to have to lean on those tight ends Uh, Mark Andrews just signed that huge contract and we're going to need to rely on him a lot I mean I think he's been our leading receiver for the most part since he got here he's got that chemistry with Lamar so we'll see we'll see how it unfolds to be honest but yeah I think we're gonna have to lean on those tight ends and get Nick Boyle back and stuff like that but um, until we can get the the outside guys in good chemistry with Lamar we're, we're gonna be leaning on Mark Andrews quite a bit I think yeah Mark Andrews is the superstar tight end in Baltimore obviously just turned 26 yesterday and I think it was some sort of a birthday gift to Andrews and the Ravens fans uh, as well um, since um uh, EDC actually announced Eric DeCosta actually announced that um, they had reached a four-year a four-year contract extension with the organization with Mark Andrews worth 56 million dollars, which translates to 14 million dollars a year, um, which makes him the highest earner in those four years among Titans in the NFL. Um, obviously, he has he has one year left um, with the Ravens, which was going to be the 2021 season. So it seems he'll be in Baltimore until 2026. Um, obviously, he's big on third downs. Obviously, I like him a lot. I think he's he's very underrated. I think most people wouldn't put him in the top five Titans in the in the NFL. I think he deserves to be in that conversation. Um, but another 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 um, pass catcher that I'm excited about, obviously has been he has been slightly impressive in the preseason is James Prochet. Obviously, I think the, I think um, he was hit with a taunting fine or something a few weeks ago. Um, you, have you been impressed by him? And do you think um, he can he can impress this year? I definitely do. I think with all those injuries at the wide receiver position, you know, James Prochet has really stepped up and what everybody wanted to see was him was him balling out in a game. Um, and then, you know, obviously had that huge touchdown catch uh, against the Washington football team, um, you know, where he did get that taunting call, which is which is ironic that he got a fine for it because he didn't actually uh, get a flag thrown on him when yeah. he <laughs> when he yeah. crossed his arms, you know, and, yeah. and me and mean mugged at the at the defender. But um, you know, the taunting is going to be uh, just a part of the NFL this year. Those fines are going to come with it and the flags are going to go flying. But yeah, I'm excited about James Prochet. I was excited about him last year. Obviously, last year was more of a developmental year for him. He was kind of working on some special teams with us. But I do think he's going to have a really good opportunity this season to impress um, on the outside. You know, he, he's he's not that big of a guy, but he, he's got ups and he can get up there and um, grab the ball in traffic. He's proven that now, at least in practice and a couple times in a game. Um, and then, you know, I could see him potentially moving in the slot. Um, 
we'll see about that. But I do think that he could have a good opportunity to be on the inside there with Duvernay too. But yeah, I'm excited about James Prochet. He's got really good hands. Uh, he seems motivated as ever. And obviously with the other guys being injured, he's been able to build some chemistry with Lamar, which I think is a really good thing. Yeah, I'm actually concerned about the passing game. Um, obviously, most people in the NFL are concerned about the about the passing game when it comes to Baltimore. Um, obviously, um, I think running the ball on 51% of snaps in the NFL last year. I think the, I think the, this year it will be a, a basically a pass-heavy offense, and I'm I'm very concerned about, uh, basically with the with the wide receiver core and basically the tight end um, room. Um, Taylor Norris is a player that I like. Um, I think I think he'll need to step up these past few weeks. Perhaps I think I, if I had to guess, if I had to actually give an estimation, I think Rashad will be out for at least six weeks. So I think I think Taylor Norris has a chance to to get that wide receiver three um, position. I think I think it'll be tough. I think there's a little bit of comp- um, perhaps competition there, but. I'm concerned about the wide receiver position um, and the tight end position, basically for the Ravens. Now that we're going to rely heavily on the pass, um, but let's talk about the defense for a little bit. I think um, obviously the, with the Ravens' defense is is intense, um, one of the best defenses in the NFL every single year. I think John Harbaugh comes um, sets his, his defense really well, and um, the, the defense has always always managed to come up with big plays in big moments. Um, but obviously the um, the Ravens lost Matt Judon. Um, I think he was the he was the highest sucker. Um, I think highest defend defender with sacks last season. I don't know if sucker is an, is a word. Um, obviously he's in New England now um, playing with the Patriots. Um, do you think do you think this defense will look any different? Obviously some some rookies have come in. Odafe Oye is a mention. Um, obviously drafted in the first round. Do you think this defense will look any different? And do you think it might struggle this year? Um, I don't think the defense is going to look uh, terribly different. Uh, other than those outside linebackers, pretty much the same group um, to be. Um, yeah, losing Matt Judom, he did lead the team in sacks. He had six sacks, um, you know, so that that's pretty impressive. But uh, we're, he's being replaced by a, a guy like Justin Houston, who had eight sacks last year. You know, he's um, he's been in the league for uh, a number of years. And so... With him uh, replacing Matt Judon, you know, I think that there's some veteran leadership there. Uh, so Matt Judon's going to be replaced with a with a Justin Houston or an Odafe Owe, which is pretty exciting to me. You know, you have a, an established veteran in Justin Houston and then a young, extremely athletic Odafe Owe um, to replace him. So I don't think that there's going to be a huge drop off. Um, mm-hmm. With the defense, uh, you know, we also lo- lost um, Yannick uh, to the Raiders, yeah. the yeah. other outside linebacker. And so there's going to be a lot of Justin Houston and a lot of Tyus Bowser on the outside. Um, you know, but I don't think that there's going to be a huge drop- drop-off. It's not that uh, it's not that our defense is, um, is, is lacking anything, in my opinion. Um, I think we kind of replaced those guys with pretty comparable competition, you know, obviously at a discounted rate, which is what the Ravens are really good at doing. Uh, But no, I think that I feel really good about the ascending players like the Patrick Queens, the Malik Harrisons. Um, Those are second year guys who, you know, are really ascending at this point in their career. So, um, you know, I really like where our defense is at. I'm actually super excited. I think we were ranked second last year or something like that. And I think we're going to be right around that same that same spot this year. 
Yeah, um, I, I had someone on the pod, Matt, um, on, the, on the previous episode. Matt actually has um, Patrick Quinn having a monster second day in the NFL, so that actually got me a little bit gassed. Um, but I saw I saw Odafe actually missing a sack. I, I forget which game it was. I think week three in the preseason, he missed an, a sack on someone. Obviously, quarterbacks are difficult to sack um, in the NFL. It's, it's common knowledge. But I think I think the skills will come eventually. I think um, the sharpness will come eventually. I think Justin Houston is actually taking. A, I think I saw something. Odafe actually called him a Yoda of some sort. So I think. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I, I think he's taking. He's taking a, some sort of mentorship role on these young defenders, which I think might help them um, in the future. If if um, these performances don't actually come out this season, I think they will come in in the second year. The only problem that I have with the Ravens defense at the moment is I think I think there's there's a, there's a little bit um um perhaps I'd say I'd say reading the game at the moment because it's 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 there's there's some sort of chemistry that comes with defenses that have played for, for a while like for example obviously the Browns defense is really good and obviously those guys have had some some period to play together like like you just said the outside linebackers have have uh, basically, the diff- uh, the only two different um, players in, in that defense, but it's I'm I'm not so confident with that with that defense to be honest. Yeah, I mean that's reasonable. It's uh, understandable mm-hmm. to have a little bit of hesitancy, but um, yeah, you were talking about Odafe Owe. I think it was uh, that highlight you were talking about. Uh, the missed sack was against uh, Jameis Winston, in the mm-hmm, Saints. Yeah, really, um, yeah, you know, but he's a. He's a big dude, and uh, I think Odafe is probably getting used to the speed of the NFL. But um, Jameis Winston's a really big guy. He kind of reminds me of like a Ben Roethlisberger, just a big, tall guy who just can stand in the pocket. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I saw a clip where Calais Campbell told Odafe, you know, I've missed a sack on him a couple of times. So it happens. He's going to figure it out, I think. Um, you know, but there is some chemistry in our team. I mean, we have uh, Deshaun Elliott and Chuck Clark who are our safeties that uh, played for the first time together last year. Um, they both played really well, so I think that their their chemistry is is building and is going to be um, really impressive this year. And then we have, obviously, Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters, one of the best uh, cornerback duos. There's some chemistry there. Um, Patrick Queen, and then, you know, we lost LJ Fort uh, to a torn Achilles as well early, early in uh, the training camp. So it's, it looks like it's going to be Patrick Green and Malik Harrison. We'll see how they do. And our defensive line is pretty much the same. What is that? Calais Campbell, Brandon Williams, and Derek Wolf. So, um, you know, I think there is a good amount of chemistry. The outside linebackers are going to have to figure that out. But um, Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator for the Ravens, he really knows uh, how to how to mix up coverages and, and get uh, pressure on the quarterback from all different angles, including the corners and the safeties and stuff like that. So we might see some adjustments early on in the season that need to be made, but I do think they're going to do it. And our our defense is always pretty solid and reliable. So I think, um, you know, they're going to be impressive. It might not be exactly what we expect to start, but um, I'm not too worried about it, to be honest. Mm, Yeah. Um, I think the Ravens are playing the Chiefs in week two. Um, Do you think that Justin Houston... Um, and obviously the new linebacker room will, will actually face up really well against um, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, a lot of that uh, pressure is going gonna, is gonna to fall on Tyus Bowser. Um, mm. You know, Tyus Bowser, Patrick Queen, there could even be a little bit of Marlon Humphrey in like the slot area covering Travis Kelsey. 
you know, can anyone cover him? I'm not totally sure. It has yet to be proven. No one's no one's really done it yet. So if we can do it, I'd be impressed. Um, he is really impressive, and you know, he his chemistry is is uh, second to none in the NFL. They have a lot of success yeah. together. Um, and then not only are you worrying about uh, Travis Kelsey week two, but you're worrying about Tyreek Hill as well. Um, somebody who's a deep outside threat, you know, so they have somebody on the outside and somebody on the inside. So it's going to be a big challenge for us. Um, that's actually, unfortunately, I I don't have the Ravens winning that game. I wish, (laughs) I wish that, you know, I hope I'm wrong to be honest, but Mm -hmm. that, that is one of the losses that I counted this year. We have, we haven't beaten them yet and we've played them, I don't know, three Three, yeah. three or four times, something like that. Yeah. So, um, you know, until we prove that we can beat them, I, uh, I don't have them beaten them. Unfortunately, it's our, it's our first home game in Baltimore. I know people are going to be pumped. I think the energy is going to be crazy. Um, and if we can get the passing game going, I think we can win. But it's really going to come down to who can move the ball better, and then obviously who's, who's putting up points in the red zone. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. I just, yeah, sure. I just. I just... I just wanted to say um, the the linebackers that actually came close to shutting to shutting down um, Travis Kelsey. I think I think if we can give it Devin White and Levante David in the Super Bowl. I think I think that's mm-hmm. fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, but you said that you think you think the Ravens will have a thirteen and four season. Obviously, it's it's more weeks. Um, it's more games. Th- um, this this regular season. Um, any other? Do you have any ball predictions regarding some Ravens players? Do you think? Um, um, some players will make a, a predicted number of yards, a predicted number of tackles. Um, well, you know, I think uh, Patrick Queen, he led the team in tackles last year, but I think he's going to blow that out of the water this year. I think he's going to lead the team in tackles again. Um, a bold prediction I do have is I do think um, Deshaun Elliott is going to get a, a good number of picks this year or forced fumbles i think he's going to have a good number of turnovers last year he obviously showed his physicality but i could see him having you know three or four interceptions um this Mm. year as as well as uh tyus bowser i think could have three or four interceptions this year i think tyus had three interceptions last year and uh like five passes defended so um you know i think we're going to get a lot of turnovers i know the ravens are always looking to find the ball um, but I think, yeah, Deshaun Elliott's going to get his hands on the ball a whole bunch. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, um, my prediction for this year, obviously, I think it's not a, it's not somewhat a bold prediction, but it's I think a, a prediction that you have gotten accustomed to. I think Ram- Lama will rush for a thousand plus um, for a third um, season, um, a third consecutive season. I, I also think um, um, Sammy Watkins will get 700 plus yards receiving. So I think I think that will be an improvement from the 400 and something yards that he got um, in Kansas City last year. Um, I also I also had a, I also had a mad prediction before before Rashford actually went out um, basically with that injury. I had him um, scoring six, seven, eight plus touchdowns um, for us this year. Um, I'm not wavering on my number because he can still make that um, with the with the increased number of games. Um, but in terms of defense, um, basically my favorite defender um, coming coming into 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 the season is Patrick Quinn, like you just mentioned. I think Patrick Patrick Quinn will be very integral for this defense. I think um, I think he might he might get up to six sacks. I think I think I can I can I can honestly say that um, I, I can see that the, um, they'll be blitzing a little bit. I think I think 
um if he lines up basically anywhere on that defensive um line i think i think he'll get some sacks i can say he'll get six sacks yeah that's awesome i like that a lot um he was obviously way up along the line of scrimmage last year a whole bunch um had a you know a strip sack against his former teammate in joe burrow um and so you know yeah last year exactly so um that was awesome i think you're right i think he could definitely get a number of sacks um i also think that Odafe Owe could end up with like four or five sacks this year. I mean, he's kind of a sleeper. Obviously, he didn't have any sacks at Penn State his senior year, which was a huge knock on him coming out of the draft. Everyone was talking about how he didn't have any sacks and why is he a first round? Mm. He's around the ball. He's a game wrecker. Um, you know, he, he sets the edge really well. He's a really good run stopper. Um, but I do think he's going to get to the quarterback. He's going to figure out the speed of the game. Uh, he's going to be working with the veterans like Justin Houston, Calais Campbell, guys like that, um, to hone in, you know, his skills. Um, but yeah, I, if I were going to have a bold prediction, I think Odafe always going to have about five sacks, which I think would be really awesome. I just think his speed is going to be a little bit too much, um, you know, for some of these tackles, just cause, because I've yeah. heard that he is really physical and really fast. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I like I like that ball prediction a lot, man. I I think on the third ball perspective, we have a thing where we actually like predictions, and that that that's that one is a that's an that one is a bold one. Uh, <laughs> it is bold. It is bold. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is. It is kind of bold. But I like I, I like it. Obviously, um, the confidence um is unwavering from you. Um, can we talk about NFL free agency? Um, I think I think there there's some notable players in free agency. I think there's some notable players that I think the Ravens might um look on, but. Um, let me just start with the notable one, Cam Newton. Obviously, um, QB won last season um, with the Patriots. The Patriots went ahead and drafted um, a quarterback at 15 overall. Um, basically, he was released um, perhaps a few a week a week and a half ago. Um, were you surprised by by this move from from the Patriots? And um, do you think Cam Newton can find a home in the NFL, or do you think it's done for him? Um, I was a little bit surprised by that. Uh, obviously, uh, Mac Jones is that quarterback out of Alabama that you were talking about. Uh, I think that, you know, Mac played really well. I think probably he fits their, their scheme a little bit better. He's more along that, uh, Tom Brady type. Not that he is Tom Brady, but you know, he's more <laughs> similar to Tom Brady than a Cam Newton is, uh, which yeah. is probably the direction they're trying to get back to. Um, I was a little surprised, you know, he played okay for them last year, but I thought maybe he'd have another opportunity. Um, but to see him get cut, it's unfortunate, but it makes sense to me. Uh, so I think they wanted to give him an opportunity to play somewhere else, start somewhere else potentially. I'm not, I can't think of where that would be. Um, you know, obviously, uh, the Denver Broncos are one, you know, they're the, they're my local team and they've got a Drew Locke and a, and a Teddy Bridgewater. So I guess we'll see how Teddy plays this year. Um, but I think Cam could go there. I mean, honestly, we would have to see how Sam Darnold does in Carolina, but you know, would it be so surprising to see Cam back in Carolina? I'm not so sure. I think you, you could see him there. Um, but to be honest, I'm not really sure where he would end up. He's such a, he's such a, a you know, specific type of player. Um, I'm not, I don't really know where he'd end up. So he, he could end up being a free agent all year and, and trying somewhere else at the beginning of next year. So we'll have to see about that. But yeah, that is a big name on the market. I think, uh, I think teams are going to see how their quarterbacks play the first few weeks and then he could get, a, get uh, signed, you know, a couple weeks into the season potentially. 
Yeah, Carolina and Denver actually um good spots for him to land. Um what do you think of the Colts? Obviously Carson Wentz there's a problem um there is not healthy. Um but you know the chemistry that he has with the head coach um Frank Reich. But do you think you can you can land um in Indianapolis? Obviously they're just a quarterback away from the Super Bowl um in my opinion. Do you think you can land in Indy? Yeah, that's a really good one too. I hadn't thought about that. He could definitely land there. Um Uh they are a quarterback away. I think they're an extremely impressive team. Obviously on paper they look really good. Um they're super exciting. They've got a lot of talent all over the field, especially on defense. Um you know, they've got a really good young running back and a great offensive line. So, I think Cam could be there, but you know, is Cam any healthier um than their Carson Wentz right now? I'm not sure and neither of those two are vaccinated as far as I know. Um mm-hmm. so you know would you want your your two top quarterbacks to be unvaccinated I'm not totally sure um I don't know how much that impacts uh, a team's decision to bring a guy on but um he'd be a good option I mean you know he he played last year he played pretty well last year um obviously Carson Wentz is just always dealing with injuries of some sort I feel bad for him he can't catch a break but um yeah I think Cam could be a, a good option for Indy too Yeah Um another 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 player that is on free agency at the moment is Olivia Vernon who is an age that actually played for the Browns last season obviously the Browns got to the playoffs for the first time in 24 years um I'm not sure but I think 24 years mm-hmm. uh, Yeah I think that's right 24 20 yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Olivia Vernon combined with Miles Garrett last season for 21 sacks which is the most which is the third most for uh third most in, in terms of um duos um in, in terms of sacks for duos in the 2020 season after obviously TJ Watt, Stephen Tweet, Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd. Um do you think that there's a team that that actually needs an edge rusher that can um go in for Olivia Vernon because at the moment it seems like um there are teams that could that actually need um to add weapons on defense obviously Minnesota being one but Minnesota did some things in free agency as well um do you think Olivia Vernon could um land somewhere um i do think he could land somewhere um you know i do Minnesota's not a bad option um i think potentially the Seattle Seahawks would be a pretty good option um they yeah. could probably use a little bit of help on defense Yeah. Uh and I know I forget who they had last year but um I don't think he ended up going back so mm-hmm. Yeah, he could end up there. Um I was going to say the Buffalo Bills uh is a yeah, is a potential maybe. option as well although they drafted um what's his name? Rousseau uh in the, in the first round I think. I forget his first yeah, name Miami. but he's out of Miami. Yeah, exactly. So Um you know would they want a veteran there I'm not sure but there's been a lot of talk about Olivia Vernon and I kind of thought that maybe he was someone we might get but uh not going to lie I think I'm happier with the Justin Houston option for us but yeah I think you know the Vikings uh Seattle the Bills something like that would be a good option for him Yeah um yeah hopefully 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 finds a team because um we can actually bring the pressure really well especially if he combines with someone who is as dominant um i don't think there's many players as dominant as miles garrett but if he combines with someone dominant i think um a team can actually get good uh, upside uh, from him um obviously the ravens they've lost rb1 rb3 justin hill and and um 
um, J.K. Dobbins. Uh, but there's two running backs at the moment still in free agency. Le'Veon Bell obviously um, basically couldn't get a contract extension in KC. I think there's a fallout there. I think he fell out with Andy Reid. We saw um, some sort of backlash between um, him and the organization um, during the summer. Um, Le'Veon Bell is 29 years old, obviously had um, a, a very big um, a very successful part of his NFL career in Pittsburgh. Um, there's Todd Gurley as well. Obviously, um, played with the Falcons last season. He's two years younger than Todd G- than Le'Veon Bell. He's 27. Um, do you think the Ravens um, would be smart enough to to actually go for one of these running backs, or do you think they will find another solution? Um, well, they're obviously looking for a running back. I mean, I think we only have two running backs on the team right now, including practice squad, um, which is definitely not enough. So, yeah, we're going to sign somebody. Uh, I've read a lot about how teams are pretty concerned about Todd Gurley's knees. They're worried about his health um, and, you know, if he can and stay healthy and be productive. So I'm not sure Todd Gurley's our solution. I feel like uh, we had a workout with him the beginning of the off season or you know at some point in the off season and um, nothing came of it so I'm not sure Todd Gurley's a solution Le'Veon Bell's definitely a better option um, you know I saw it'd be really interesting I saw an interview with Tyson Williams our, our running back too obviously mm-hmm. at this point um, who said that you know somebody he kind of models his game after and really looks at, um, up to is Le'Veon Bell so it'd be really interesting to kind of pair those guys up have some veteran leadership but to be honest since uh, Le'Veon Bell uh, since he left the Steelers, I'm not really sure how much he's done, how productive he's been. He'd be our running back three. I do think Gus and Tyson are one and two right there. So we are looking for a running back three. I think it'd be up to Le'Veon Bell if he's willing to take that role as a third running back. You know, he's never really been in that role. Um, so I'm not sure about that. I'd be excited to see him get signed. I mean, you know, he's a solid player. He's got pretty good hands out of the backfield, which I know we're trying to get our our running backs more involved in the in the passing game as well so he could be a good option and then i think the ravens uh tried out two other guys yesterday along with Le'Veon. uh they tried out uh Devontae freeman mm-hmm, who mm-hmm. you know has been on a somewhat steady decline ever since uh who was he with the falcons and then last year's with the giants so Devontae freeman is an option i think he could be a really really affordable option i think he could be more affordable than olivia bell and a pretty good uh running back three somebody who's not going to see the field a lot but um could have an impact when he's on it and then they tried out another undrafted guy uh who played with the eagles his name is uh elijah Holyfield, I believe. Another guy tried out and could be a really affordable option. I don't know anything about him, to be honest. I think mm-hmm. it, they'd have to see how they felt about him in the workout yesterday. But honestly, I do think it's going to be one of those guys because we're going to need to sign someone probably today or tomorrow. And I think it's probably either going to be either going to be Le'Veon Bell, Devontae Freeman, or Elijah Holyfield that they tried out yesterday. So I'm not sure who it would be. Obviously, Le'Veon Bell is the biggest name. Probably get the people most excited. Um, Ravens fans especially would be most excited. They go crazy about anything, good or bad. So, um, yeah, we, we, we would have to see. But, yeah, I mean, they're all, they're all pretty good options for a third running back. At the, you yeah. know, at this point in, in uh, the NFL season, it's getting started. So there's limited options at this point. Yeah, how big a fairy tale would it be that Le'Veon Bell yeah. actually became successful after failing in yeah, I mean, it would be it would be awesome. I think he'd yeah, absolutely have to be he'd have to be on the field for those Steelers games twice a year. Um, I think <laughs> he'd look forward to playing any of the 
AFC North teams. You know, he'd look good in in purple and black. So um, that would be exciting. But yeah, you're right. It would be a fairy tale for sure. See him play the Steelers. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool. Yeah, you'd probably get some booze at Heinz Field for sure. <laughs> at least a couple, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, it's it's week one. It's prediction week. Um, can we go into the predictions? Um, can we get your offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, perhaps offensive? Um, let, let, can we just start with offensive rookie of the year? Yeah. Um, uh, my prediction for that, <laughs> I, I have two guys that come to mind. Um, mm. I have uh, Mac Jones of the Patriots mm. and and Kyle Pitts, um, the tight end for the Falcons. Mm. Um, I, I picked those two guys because I see them playing a lot. Uh, I think that's what it comes down to. I mean, Justin Fields, I, I really like Justin Fields a lot. I think he could be a great option too, but you know, he's not the starter at the moment. If he comes in and balls out for Chicago, I do think he could be in that conversation. But I think if Mac Jones really impresses and takes the Patriots even to a, a pretty successful season, if even if they don't make it to the playoffs, I think if he plays really well, um, he could definitely be an option for Offensive Rookie of the Year. And then Kyle Pitts, the tight end, um, is he out of Florida, I believe. Um, he... You know, he's someone who's going to play a lot. They, The Falcons got rid of Julio Jones, so they're looking for another pass catcher. I know Matt Ryan, um, you know, is, is somebody who slings the ball. So I think Kyle Pitts could put up huge numbers. I think it's going to be interesting to see how his game translates. But yeah, um, my guess is either Mac Jones or Kyle Pitts, probably one of those guys. Yeah, um, obviously, I think, I think Mac Jones, since his QB1 in England, did you go for him since his QB1? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, th- I think obviously everyone likes Kyle Pitts. I think he's the most interesting Titan prospect to come out of college um, mm-hmm. in, in a long time. Um, but for me, I'll go. I'll go for a team that is underrated. I think one of the one of the most I think interesting quarterbacks I've seen this offseason. Obviously, Justin Fields. I agree with you totally. I had him actually um, being a breakout offensive um, rookie this year. But the fact that he's not QB1 at the moment, we don't know when he'll start, um, was a big um, question mark for me. Uh, but I think Zach Wilson will be Offensive Rookie of the Year. I think I think the Jets are a different organization. I think they're a different team altogether. I think uh, the job that Robert Salah has done um, over there in New York, um, it's, it's different, man. I haven't seen the Jets um, actually look this promising for a long time. And... I, um, the performances that Zach Wilson has put in um, during preseason have they've impressed me a lot, and Aaron Rodgers is also another quarterback that has been impressed uh, that has been impressed by his performances. I think Zach Wilson might just be in for perhaps a shock um, year for guys in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Zach Wilson's really exciting. They the Jets clearly uh, well, chose him second overall um, for mm. a reason. So. Um, you're right, though. This this team is pretty stacked in a way that we haven't seen before. Um, there, there's also some energy that you can feel coming from the Jets right now. They feel really good about where they are. Their defense is pretty stout, you know. Um, they're getting back a, a middle linebacker in C.J. Mosley, someone that Ravens fans are pretty familiar with. And, um, you know, they've got a LaMarcus Joyner at safety. And, you know, they look pretty good. So I would say it's exciting for sure. Um, Zach Wilson definitely could light it up. And if he does, I mean, you know, the Jets were one of the worst teams in the league last year. So if he can turn that franchise around this year, even, you know, I definitely think he could be in that comp- that conversation for uh, rookie of the year. 
Yeah, I, obviously, um, we were speaking this with Matt um, on the previous episode. Um, I don't think I don't think the Jets will have a, perhaps a winning season, but I think I think they'll be pretty good this season. Um, can we can we go to the defensive rookie of the year? Who do you have for defensive rookie of the year? Um, you know, I really like uh, Patrick Sertan, uh, the second for uh, Denver. He's a corner. Um, yeah, good team. Yeah, I, I just, uh, you know, being here in Denver, I've seen a couple of uh, preseason games uh, for the Broncos, and he does not disappoint. He is stout player. Obviously, Alabama corners, we know them with Marlon Humphrey here in Baltimore. Um, you know, Patrick Sertan had a, a pick six in one of his games, so he's just getting started. Um, he's really technically sound. Um, I think he's kind of a sleeper pick for me. Um, I think... Uh, he would be he'd be my pick a surprise one to be honest but there's always guys like the Micah Parsons linebacker or uh, JOK the linebacker for uh, the Cleveland Browns he's a good option too so um, but I, I would go with Patrick Sertan yeah I think he's probably going to light it up shut guys down and get a bunch of turnovers yeah um, we were speaking about Micah Parsons in the previous episode Matt, didn't, Matt doesn't think that um, he's he's um, obviously, he sees the potential um, in Micah Parsons. Obviously, in Dallas, they need um, a player of his quality. Um, but I think, I think, I think he also he also weighed a bit like something along the lines of he'll shave his head if Micah Parsons actually wins Defensive Rookie of the Year. Which, um, fingers crossed, I hope I hope he does so that we can actually see him um, shaving his head. Um, but for me, I have I have a controversial one. I think um, also as I think as a sleeper pick. Same with you, L. Um, I have Quitty Pay in Minnesota. I think Minnesota um, they, they they have one of their worst one of the worst defensive lines um, in the in the NFL, and I think um, he, he he can do something there. I think I think obviously he'll start, and obviously has been he has been quite impressive in preseason as well. And I think I think he can he can bring the pressure. He can rush the quarterback pretty well. I think Quitty Pay might have a very big year. I think he, he might have um, the, almost almost the same impact that. Obviously, there are different characters. Him and Chase Young. Obviously, Chase Young is more extroverted, more of a leadership type of player. I think Pitipe is more of the opposite, more of an introvert and like just get to work. But I think Pitipe might have a big year. I think um, in, in terms of rookies, I think he might actually lift that um, Minnesota defense. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, he was impressive coming out of college. People were really excited about him. So, um, Pay is a really good option. Uh, he definitely is going to have a huge role in that defense, and if he takes advantage of it, then he he definitely could be in that conversation for defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, and he also has he also has African roots, so we always we always like players with African roots. And that <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, speaking of um, African dudes, I think uh, Odafe Owe is and. Uh, if he ends up getting those those five or six sacks that I'm expecting, if he can if he can play fast, I mean, you know, who's to say Odafe Owe can't be defensive rookie of the year? I'd love to see that, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, obviously, I'd love that as well. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> uh, yeah, but of the offensive, um, basically, um, players. Uh, obviously, mad mentions. I think I think this this um, the, the chances of us getting this on the money is, um, I think, very 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 low very limited um but who do you have for offensive play of the year oh man um i think i probably gotta go with somebody like nick chubb Um, Mm. i think i think it's hard to say because he splits those carries uh in the backfield there for cleveland um but you know he's somebody that is always 
always a threat when he's got the ball. He can catch the ball. Um, he runs like nobody's business. Um, you know, obviously we saw uh, Derrick Henry win that last year, so it's very capable of a running back. very capable of, of winning that award. Um, and then also, uh, I think a pretty obvious one is a guy like Josh Allen. If he's not going to win the MVP, he's probably getting Offensive Player of the Year. So, um, yeah, one of those guys, I would say. Yeah, um, would you would you would you give a, a prediction in terms of yards um, for Nick Chubb this year? I'm, you know, I'm thinking probably 1,400 yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah 1,500 yards. I mean, you know, it, there, it's interesting. Yeah. I think yeah, all this. Yeah, I mean, all the statistics are going to be pretty skewed compared to previous years because they've got one more game this season. You know, he has a chance to get 100, 150 more yards in a game. Um, you know, that could really impact, um, you know, some of these statistics. So, yeah, I think Nick Chubb could easily get 14, 1500 yards just just rushing probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as for me, I actually went with a with a with a softer prediction. I think a more predictable prediction. Um, I, I don't think the Chiefs will get to the to the Super Bowl this year. I, I I'm I'm not even sure they'll get to the FC Championship game. Um, but I have Patrick Mahomes being Offensive Player of the Year. I think this is a season we can see him throwing um, close to 4,000 yards. I think over or slightly over 4,000 yards. I think um, he, he'll try his best to actually prove to the NFL that he's still the Patrick Mahomes that that um, they know of, obviously not the Patrick Mahomes that was swept away in the Super Bowl. Um, I think he'll, he'll try to do too much and I think the regular season will wear him off. I think um, he'll, he'll be the offensive player of the year this um, basically this season. I, it's, it's, it's not a very exciting prediction, but I think it's a prediction that in, in terms of logic makes a lot of Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Mahomes is always up for some sort of uh, award at the end of the year because he he just displays plays spectacular football. Um, so yeah, I mean, could he be offensive player of the year? Absolutely. And I think you're right. A lot of people are are coming for the Chiefs. They've been the team to represent. They've been the AFC team represented in the Super Bowl the past two years, and obviously winning a couple years ago. So um i think people are coming for him i also think there's a lot of really good teams in the afc this year so yeah the competition's going to be on from the start yeah i i 100% agree it will be very difficult for them to get to the fc championship game whether they do that um it's still to it's still left to be seen we'll see if that happens um defensive player of the year who do you have oof Uh, I mean, it's hard to choose against Aaron Donald. You know, that's a very obvious one. He's mm-hmm. won it like the past three years in a row. Um, but I do think a Miles Garrett could do it. I mean, he's just been ascending. Um, the rest of their defense is playing stellar. So I think Miles is just going to um, stack up the stats. So, yeah, I think that Miles Garrett's probably my pick. If I had to pick somebody other than Aaron Donald, I would say, yeah, Miles Garrett. Yeah, I think Miles Garrett is a, is a player that most people actually like. In terms of predictions, I've seen a lot of Miles Garrett defensive player of the year, but I'll go I'll go on a different route. I think I think the Browns are stacked in terms of defense. I think I think that defensive line will contribute in sacks. I think Miles Garrett obviously will be the leader in terms of sacks for the Browns. But I think in terms of statistics, in terms of dominance, I think someone else might. Obviously, very difficult to go against Aaron Donald. He's a monster. Obviously, I think he has been he has been to seven Pro Bowls so far in I think this the seven years that he has been in the NFL. <laughs> um, but 
I'll, I'll actually go with TJ Watt. I think TJ Watt narrowly just lost um, lost it last season to Aaron Donald. Obviously, um, got. I think I think most people weren't happy with that. I think that was the controversial thing that happened with um, Aaron Donald actually becoming defensive player of the year last season. Um, in terms in terms of stats, I think I think. Um, he'll be very impressive for the Steelers. I think he'll have another dominant year, and I think this year for sure he'll get defensive player of the year. Yeah, I mean he has a good chance to do that this year. Uh, last year he had uh, Bud Dupree on the other side, and I think Bud Dupree uh, has since signed with the Titans. So it'll be interesting to see how Miles. Um, I'm sorry, how T.J. Watt does. You know, sort of uh, manning that that line and the outside linebacker room. Um, by himself a little bit more than he was last year, uh, but clearly, you know, he was he was the second guy in that running last year behind Aaron Donald. So yeah, T.J. Watt has a great chance to do that. Yeah. Um, in terms of stats, I think I think he combined for 26 sacks. Um, him and Stefan Tweet. I think. Um, hopefully, 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 he has a big season like he did last year. Hopefully, he gets Defensive Player of the Year um, this year. I'm, 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 I'm actually one of his biggest fans. I hope he does. Um, in terms of MVP, um, or should we do Comeback Player of the Year? Let's do Comeback Player of the Year first. <laughs> I, think, I think this one's this one's a pretty easy one. I think most people would agree on this one. Ninety-seven percent of NFL fans. <laughs> oh man, Comeback Player of the Year. There's a there's a lot of guys. Uh, big names, like there always are, but big names that are, are coming off the injury this year. Um, mm-hmm. Dak Prescott mm-hmm. um, is one, you know, his wide receivers are stout. Um, you know, he's got a really good group of offensive players to help him put up a lot of statistics. So if he balls out, it could be Dak Prescott. Um, mm-hmm. And then another guy I could see would be uh, like a Christian McCaffrey. Mm, um, yeah. Yeah, somebody who is pretty banged up last year ended up being on IR for most of the year but yeah Christian McCaffrey he's all around back so I think uh, if he really makes a big difference for Carolina and helps him win a lot of games I think Christian McCaffrey is a great option yeah Christian McCaffrey obviously is uh, a favorite um, running back for for most fantasy managers so yeah he might he might have a very big year um but obviously, like like Doug Prescott, like you said, I think I think it will be tough to overlook that. I think um, he, he broke his ankle in week five last season and was ruled out for the rest of the year. Um, I think I think he's just set up really well um, for, for a big comeback here. It's, it's difficult to overlook him. I think C.D. Lamb, um, obviously, in that Cowboys offense is is, is mad. I think um, Prescott will have a, might have a, a good year. We'll see how he plays against against the Bucks on Thursday. Um, and judge of that um, MVP. Who do you have? Uh, MVP. Uh, shoot, I hate to say it, but I think it could be Josh Allen. <laughs> 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 you know, there's so much, there's so much Lamar, Josh Allen talk all over Twitter. Um, you know, I think yeah. they're both incredible quarterbacks. Obviously, Josh Allen could have won MVP last year, but Aaron Rodgers just played so out of his mind that um, you know he couldn't. Uh, Josh Allen just couldn't get it done but I do think that he could do it this year I think you know he's more established in that offense um they've built around him a little bit more um we'll have to see what happens with Cole Beasley one of his big uh, offensive threats he's going to have a huge impact on how that team looks this year um but yeah I think Josh Allen uh, is a really good choice for that yeah um do you think we were brainwashed by Bill's mafia because I also have Josh Allen as MVP 
You do have him as MVP? <laughs> I think yeah. we might get in trouble with Ravens Fox for saying that. <laughs> yeah, for, for sure, for sure. Because it seems at the moment, like, Bills Mafia is winning. I, I'm, I'm, I, he might win MVP. Obviously, there were MVP shots for him last season. I think there's a, there's some game um, in Buffalo where the fans are chanting um, to Charlene for MVP. I think that um, fell off with, the, with Aaron Rodgers actually um, pulling out of his face last um, during the end part of the regular season. Um, but obviously, it's difficult to overlook him. I think I think he's a media favorite. I think he's a fans favorite. I think um, he's he's like I'd say Patrick Mahomes is a good is a good player. But Patrick Mahomes um, is I think I think there's there's some sort of um, bias that comes with quarterbacks. I think Josh Allen is the perfect um, person to actually put on that MVP pedestal. I think this might happen for him. This might just be the year for him if he bowls out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, clearly played well enough last year that he's got all eyes on him. Um, mm-hmm. So if he does it again this year, you know, with the pressure on and everything, uh, yeah, I think he could definitely be the MVP. Yeah. Um, it's crazy that you have, we both had the challenge for MVP. That's mad. <laughs> <laughs> it is mad. Maybe I need to change yeah. it to Lamar or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I have, I have, I have, I have um, the, the Ravens actually winning the Super Bowl, so I won't give him MVP. But um, coach of the year, who do you have? Uh, coach of the year, I would say probably Brandon Staley, he's, uh, the Chargers head coach. Um, I think, wow. yeah, the Chargers are, are somebody yeah, that people are not expecting um, a whole lot. I mean, I think locally, the LA community, San Diego community, they have a lot of expectations for the Chargers this year. I'm not sure um, how much outsiders do, but they're getting guys back like Derwin James their star safety who was out last year. He's somebody I considered for comeback player of the year. Um, but yeah, I think their defense is going to be pretty stout this year. And if their offense can get going, um, you know, clearly their really young, talented quarterback is coming on strong. So I think if the Chargers can have a lot of upsets, I mean, that division's pretty good. If they can, if they can hold their own against the Chiefs um, and if their offense can put up a lot of, of numbers against, uh, you know, a defense like... Uh, the Broncos, then I definitely think that Brandon Staley could be in that conversation. He's kind of my sleeper pick for coach of the year. I think the Chargers coach could definitely be in that conversation if they play well this year. Yeah, that's a sleeper pick. I don't think most people would actually uh, put um, basically him in this conversation, Brandon Staley. <laughs> but um, obviously, he's, um, that offense is pretty good. Obviously, they drafted a tackle um, in the first round, Rashawn Slater, who is, is mad. He's a, actually a very good tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the, the, uh, I, can see, I can see where you're coming from, and that, my, that pick actually makes a lot of sense. Um, but for me, I have, I have Sean McVay, obviously, um, in the other side of Los Angeles, the Rams, man. I, I, think, I think the Rams... Um, will come out um, basically. Um, I think the, I think they'll be the sleeper in the NFC. I think um, most people will overlook um, the decisions that they have made. Most people will under, underestimate them. I think um, they'll beat a lot of teams this year. Um, I think I think I think they might get to the NFC Championship game. Obviously, last season they got um, injury problems. Obviously, Aaron Donald in that Seattle Seahawks game. Obviously, Jared Goff in that um, Seahawks game as well. So. I think the Rams will be healthier this season. I think they'll be ready to go. I think Sean McVay will do a pretty good job. I think they might get to the NFC Championship game and actually see him um, winning coach of the year. Uh, in, in terms of favorites, I think he's also favorites with the bookies. Um, I think third favorites, I think. Um, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully it does, man, um, because um, I'd actually be happy if this happens um, looking back on this episode. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that's a good. That's a good pick. That a lot. I think that they have a lot of potential, and and you're right. You know, they've replaced Jared Goff with Matt Stafford, which, in my opinion, is an upgrade. So, um, yeah, if they're healthy and they can make a run, then I absolutely think that Sean McVay could could be in that conversation. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, obviously, the Super Bowl, man. Super Bowl Fifty Six. It's mad that it's Fifty Six, man. It's it's. I think it was just a few a few years ago when I was speaking about Fifty Forty Seven. It's mad that it's Fifty Six already. Um, who do you have um, getting to the Super Bowl this year? Mad prediction. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think it's gonna be the the Packers and the Ravens. Mm. Um, that's my prediction. Uh, obviously, a lot comes down to. You know, the yeah. Aaron Rodgers situation and how much that has really been squashed or if there's some sort of animosity still with the Packers. Um, but yeah, Packers and Ravens is my pick. So um, I have the Ravens winning it too. So yeah, Packers, Ravens. Yeah, that's totally an unbiased opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always a little biased. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, for me, I have, I have the Bills and the Rams. I have, um, I think, I think Josh Allen will win MVP. Um, regular season, although it's it's difficult. I don't think it's ever been done. Someone winning regular season MVP and Super Bowl MVP, but I think I think the Bills the Bills have a good chance. Obviously, the Patriots um, are difficult in that division. Obviously, Bill Belichick has done some things like you just mentioned. Mac Jones um, will be a very impactful player this year, but I think the Bills the Bills are. are Perfect, basically, to go on this run. I think I think they they can surprise some people and get to the Super Bowl. The Rams as well. I don't I don't fancy the Bucks and the Chiefs. I um, I think most people would have would have actually um, put them in this conversation to get back to the Super Bowl. Both teams. I I, I think there's a big chance of um um what's what's a long shot? Uh, basically, there's I, I don't think there's much chance of these two teams getting to the Super Bowl. So I think the Bills and the Rams could surprise some people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those are two de- teams that I think people are talking about for sure. I think a lot of people want to see what they actually look like when the time comes. Um, but those are two great options. I think both of those teams got a lot better this off season. Um, you know, which is pretty scary considering the Bills were pretty good last year. So, um, yeah, that's a good choice. The Bucks. I could see the Bucks making it over the Chiefs. Um, you know, the Bucks have, gosh, almost every single player back from last year. Um, you know, their offense is stout. They've got, you know, three wide receivers that could be number one wide receivers elsewhere in the league. Um, yeah. Their defense is, is still really good and played great last year. So I could see the Bucks over the Chiefs making it. But, yeah, I like the Rams as an option. That's a really good one. Yeah. Um, obviously, you have the Packers. Do you think do you think they can get over the hump this year and actually um, win the NFC Championship game? Obviously, they got there the past two seasons. They lost both, the, both, they lost both times. Do you think they can get over the hump and get to the Super Bowl? Yeah. How confident, I... how, how confident are you? Can, can, I, can I get a percentage? <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel 85% confident about that. Um, yeah, yeah I, do, I do think they can. Um, I hear you. I mean, I feel like the past two years, they've been one or two plays away. Um, you know, they've made one or two bad decisions um, in those games. That's pretty much cost them the game. So... Uh, I know Aaron Rodgers wants to have a lot more say in what they're doing this year, and um, I think if he does, then then good things could happen for them. So, yeah, I do think they can get over that hump. I think they need to get over that hump. They're set up right now to win, and if they don't win this year, I'm, I'm not sure 
when they're going to have the chance because they look they look really really good uh, at almost every position. So yeah, I think this is their year. Yeah, um, obviously the, that quarterback room is stacked, man. Obviously with Aaron Rodgers as QB one and Jordan Love as QB two, it's stacked. They can they, they, they can they can't do it, and obviously that defense can come up with big plays. Um, yeah, I, I also, also like that one. The Ravens, I'm optimistic as well, but um, I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Ravens is uh, is one that I think a lot of people are just wondering how. But I think if we get our passing game going, um, you know, that's going to open up a lot for the running game, which is, is what we're best at. Um, but yeah, if we can get Rashad back and he's healthy and he's making plays on the outside, Sammy's making plays on the outside, you know, then we have... Uh, you know, Hollywood with his speed taken off the top. And then we've got the guys in the middle there, obviously, um, with uh, Mark Mark Andrews. Yeah, exactly. And then guys like Crochet and DuVernay working in the middle of the field. If we can get them going, keep our running game going. And, and obviously, for any team that's going to make a run, they've got to be healthy. But yeah, I think we can do it. If we can start clicking and our offensive line looks good, there's no reason why the Ravens can't get there. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's actually a very good point to end this pod, man. Very optimistic. Um, actually, very nice things to say about the Ravens. I think as a, as a Ravens fan, I'm more relaxed. Um, now that you just gave me, uh, I think goosebumps, man. Oh yes, love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, obviously, this has been the third world perspective. I, I'm so glad that you could make time and come onto the pod. Obviously, it's it's six forty five. Um, in Nairobi at the moment. Um, I'm not sure what time it is over there, 9.45? Yeah, 9.45 in the morning, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, I'm actually glad that you you could take time and come onto the pod, man. I'm so gassed, man. Oh, well, thanks for having me. This has been awesome. What a cool opportunity. Never done one before. This is really fun. So, you well, know, maybe it, we'll have to run it back sometime. Yeah, is this your first episode? Is this, is this your first podcast? Yeah, it is. Wow, man. Yeah, I, I was so glad to um to basically to be your first man. Um, but I, I had a lot of fun making this. Um, hopefully, hopefully the Ravens go out and ball out on Monday. Um, I'll be just to actually wake up on Tuesday morning and see if, uh, and see the results. Um, hopefully Lamar throws for 300 yards. Um, fingers crossed. Oh yeah. Yeah. I um, think he will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rushing 100 plus, but um, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how the Ravens do this year. Um, obviously, um, I think um, for those guys that are new to the third world perspective, um, this has been NFL 101. Um, we have had El May on the podcast. You can follow her on Twitter at Girl Talks Ravens. Um, basically, you can follow the podcast on Twitter as well at Third World Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Pablo Iconero. You can follow the pod on Instagram at 3 at the World Perspective. This has been the Third World Perspective NFL 101.